Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ben and this is the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. Hey family, I hope you're well wherever you are and you got that thin blue smoke rolling. This episode is part of my US road trip series where I travel through several states competing at the Houston World's Barbecue Championships and learning as much about barbecue as possible. The trip starts in Texas before going across to Louisiana and then up into Arkansas. It was a hell of a trip and I'm so excited to be able to share it with you. Before we get into it, I want to invite you to come join us at the Smoking Hot Confessions community on Facebook. It's a great place to continue the conversation. Also, make sure you get your free copy of my ebook, 27 Lessons Learned from Competition Barbecue. Jump on over to smokinghotconfessions.com slash ebooks to get your copy now. Finally, however you listen to this episode, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. This will really help me spread that barbecue love. Folks, there are only a handful of times in your life when you get to meet an innovator, a real OG. This was one of them. I was very lucky to be introduced to Eric from Hammond Barbecue. Eric is a barbecue competitor, event promoter, and was on the ground when Hurricane Katrina hit the deck in Louisiana in 2005. Every year, Eric and his team put on the Hammond Barbecue Challenge, which has been the biggest competition in the state of Louisiana for well over a decade and has raised some serious cash for charity. Let's get into it. This is the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions podcast with your host, Ben Arnott. How long has it been since your last confession? Smoky Q Rubs and Sauces is the creation of founder chef Paul J. Lang and all products are proudly made by hand in Western Australia. All their products are truly unique with bold flavours that are perfectly balanced between sweet, hot, salty and savoury. Moreover, all of their products are completely gluten-free and contain no MSG, artificial ingredients, preservatives or fillers. Aware of their responsibility within our community, Smoky Q are proud to participate in the Western Australian Disability Engagement Program, providing meaningful employment and security for the less fortunate. Always in the pursuit of perfection, the team at Smoky Q aim to inspire everyone's inner chef with their Australian-made spice rub and sauce and rub combinations. To get your hands on these incredible products, head on over to smokyq.com.au. That's S-M-O-K-E-Y-Q.com.au now. Good evening, Eric. Thanks for taking the time to chat with me today and welcome to The Confessional. Well, uh, thank you for calling me. I'm I'm going to enjoy this. (laughs) Me too, me too. So, mate, the first question I want to ask you is, what was the last thing that you barbecued? I actually just barbecued 320 chicken quarters and 108 racks of baby back ribs for the uh, LSU Louisiana State University football team uh, this past Thursday. Oh, wow. And was that in the uh, parking lot at the front of the uh, the stadium? Uh, yeah, actually at the practice facility there, uh, um, they had a coach's clinic there, and we fed uh, 350. Wow. That's that sounds it was like fun. Uh, hard work. Got, you know, you have to get a lot of volunteers, but hard work and fun. Uh, you know, so we enjoyed it. Yeah, sounds like like uh, tailgating at its best. That's basically what what you know. In my opinion, I will. You know, that's what it is. A big tailgate, a good party. You know how <laughs> South Louisiana people like to party. Oh yeah, yep, without yeah. a doubt. So what um, what barbecue do you have on your back deck at the moment? What do you cook on at home? Well, actually, I have a, a an old Hickory CTO, which uh, I, I have back here that uh, I, I cook big meats and, and um, the ribs on. I also have a green egg that I love to do chicken and steaks on, and actually pizza, too. Uh, the, it goes, those green eggs, you get up, you get them up to about 700 degrees, and do a great pizza those ceramic grills are great you're the second person to tell me that today that's fascinating yeah <laughs> when you're doing your tailgate catering and stuff do you use the old hickory for that no actually i have another old hickory on a trailer that uh it's a big rotisserie that i have 15 racks that, ro- that uh, that's on the rotisserie that i can I can fit 60 racks of ribs or 40 pork butts on at one time. 
Wow. So that's pretty big. Yeah, that, that <laughs> was definitely worth the money we spent uh, to get that. Uh, you'll see those restaurants have them. Uh, they have them on trailers. Even some competitions use them in the competition, uh, but you can't use the gas. You just use the wood and, and the charcoal in it. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's a guy over here, actually. He um, He's from the States, but he, he moved out to Australia and he brought his old hickory with him and he's put it on a... Uh, on a trailer and takes it around and does catering and vending and things. And he let me have a bit of a look at it. It's a, it's a fascinating bit of kit. Yeah. You turn them on, let it rot. I call it rotisserizing. It, it just, it's, it's great. You just basically set and forget. You get the seasoning right and the timing right. And you can cook anything. Yeah. Beautiful. That's, uh, that's really important to be able to just sort of take the, uh, take some of the unnecessary challenge out of things. You can, it's very easy to make things harder than it needs to be. Right, exactly. So uh, tell us your, your history with barbecue. How did you get into barbecue? Well, my mom and dad are actually uh, Kansas City Barbecue Society, KCBS judges. And they've been doing it for, I guess, 25 years, 28 years. Um, and then they had a, uh, a contest local around here, a little, a little town north of New Orleans, and we went by there and that's how really we got the Hammond BBQ, the Hammond Barbecue Challenge started, uh, just just from them. And then I, you know, we would, a friend of mine and I would go around to different states, uh, from uh, the Carolinas to Tennessee to Texas, even out to Las Vegas, and seeing how people would run their events and the different, uh, the, basically the different barbecue culture that they have. And um, after 18 months of doing that, that's when we held our first contest here in Hammond. Right. So it was a real family affair then, the, the Smoking Hammond Barbecue Challenge. Right. Exactly. My mom and dad are certified judges. My wife and I became certified judges. And I have one of my, I have three daughters and one of my daughters are, is a certified judge now. Uh-huh. So it's three generation of judges. <laughs> wow. So barbecue is quite literally in the blood then. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, what inspired? I guess it must have been your your parents then, or maybe you're involved. Exactly. I don't know. The parents, and you know, here in South Louisiana, we have a lot of festivals and and things. And Hammond is the biggest. Uh, you know, it, most states have counties, or all states have counties, except for Louisiana. We have parishes. So, uh, Tangeboro Parish, where we're from has a lot of festivals. There's an oyster festival, there's an Italian festival, and Punchatula is having, you know, a, a strawberry festival actually this coming weekend. And Hammond is, is the biggest seat in the parish and didn't have a festival. So we thought that would be, the barbecue challenge would be a great event here for us uh, because we're, you know, we're we're football players, you know, football tailgaters and and have you know party and you know south louisiana that's what we do and that's basically what i feel barbecue contests are is a big tailgate and you can win some money if you do well so that's basically what we did uh 15 years ago we when we brought that here uh is we we touted it as a big as a big party and it, it went very well the first year and it's been growing ever since yeah, what was the atmosphere like at that very first one? Was it like a large event, or did you start small? Actually, it was, it was a small. It, it, the Hammond, the down. We we hold it in downtown Hammond, right around, along the railroad tracks. And the first year, we had thirty-four professional teams, and uh, I think around thirty local teams. We call them the backyard boogie, and I think we had eight kid teams, a chicken little. And after that first year, it constantly grew. Now we have 60 proteins, which I cut off. I have a waiting list. And then we get between 50 and 60 backyard teams, and we still do between 8 and 12 chicken little teams. So we'll, at, on a, a, you know, an average year, we'll have 120 teams barbecuing in downtown Hammond. Uh, the, it's always the fourth weekend of March. And that, that's one of the things about the, our competition. Uh, it's easy to get teams now because it's the, one of the first competitions of the year. 
and the weather up north is snow and, you know, ice and bad weather. Down here you're wearing shorts and, you know, it's 70 to 80 degrees. And uh, in 15 years we've had one rain out. So we basically have good weather uh, every March. You know, when the, when the nice winds of March blow in, it, it's, uh, it's a beautiful time down in South Louisiana. Yeah, one, one rain out in 15 years, I'd take those odds. Oh, I'd, I'd, every every year, I'd, you know, every 15 years, I'll take those odds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, the Smoke and Hammond Barbecue Challenge, it's been the largest barbecue event in Louisiana for 11 straight years is what I was reading. Well, it, it actually now is 15. It is the largest one in, in yeah, for the last 15 years. Okay, wow, that's awesome. So what is it that you do that makes your comp so popular? I think it's, you know, like I just talked about the weather, uh, getting everybody out of the – because we get, we get teams from all over the country, you know, from Kansas City, Tennessee, Virginia, uh, Iowa, uh, our good friends at uh, Iowa Smoky D's. They've won it two years in a row now. You know, they leave, you know, eight to ten inches of snow and come down here. And the other thing is the fact that it is held in the middle of the town along the railroad tracks the the you come in and you park and there's restaurants and bars and stores and and everything to where the the team doesn't have to uh get in the car and go anywhere there's a grocery store down there they they come here they park and they stay for three days and they have a great time and uh we feed them very well and uh the city embraces them and the mayor, you know, comes out and bus tables, uh, you know, when we have a little dinner. It, it, it's a great time, and mainly because of the atmosphere we have. We've created down here. Yeah, that sounds like a good time to me for sure. You need to come visit. I will be. I will be. Absolutely. I was there. Uh, I was in uh, Louisiana um, just after I was in Texas for the Houston Livestock Rodeo Show just a few weeks ago there. That's right. Well, I was over there too. I was, uh, our little group does the hospitality tent for the world, uh, the Jack Daniels world invitational. And we'll go from here to Lynchburg to the distillery and we'll do crawfish etouffee and jambalaya and white beans and fried catfish. Um, you know, cause most of those people don't want to do barbecue, uh, cause they cook it all the time. So we do a Louisiana flair there. But they also invited us to go to, we actually cooked with the Jack Daniels cooking team in Houston. Um, we had such a great time, drank more whiskey in three days than I have in three years. I can guarantee you that, though. <laughs> I don't doubt that at all. So over the years, you've raised uh, $400,000 for charity. What is it about barbecue that lends itself so well to helping others? Well, I, I think the spirit of giving is big here in South Louisiana, uh, and, and I think it's just, uh, that's a hard question, but it, the, the spirit of giving here is, is so great, and, and the fun we have. And we don't do one charity or two. We, we actually have 14 charities that we give money to. Um, so basically, you can pick uh, what charity you're giving to. We have two main ones. They each get a third. And then we have, you know, sometimes 10 to 12 smaller charities that we give to, down to, you know, the, the Tainsville Parish uh, Humane Society on up to Special Olympics, Louisiana, uh, that kind of stuff. So we give a lot. We give to a lot, and that gets, you know, it gets the spirit going down here. And uh, I, I think that is one of the – one of the best, best things about this, this, you know, this South Louisiana community is the giving and the helping of others. So I've got a, a little bit of a um, off-topic question that I just thought of now. Were you uh, in Louisiana when um, Katrina hit? Yes. Uh, actually, when Katrina hit, we're, we're north of New Orleans by about 40 miles uh, and we have a little airport here, so actually Hammond was used as a staging area for the helicopter rescues and, and all that that went down into New Orleans. We're, we're, like I said, about 40 miles north of New Orleans, 
and I had a friend from uh, Huntsville, Alabama, that had a big, a big old hickory that he called and said, uh, if you need it to cook, just come get it, and I'll meet you halfway, which is about seven hours away from here. And we actually, so our little group, our barbecue group, actually cooked for a lot of uh, police and rescue and, you know, Army and whomever wanted food, we cooked. Uh, I think we, we kept that cooker for about three months, and we cooked every weekend, and that one would hold about 60 pork butts. And we would do uh, whoever would donate food, but our group would buy what we what wouldn't donate it. We cooked pork butts, we cooked ribs, whatever they we wanted. You know, um, a lot of things were donated, like uh, mac and cheese and beans, and uh, we would feed as much as we could every weekend, every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We would feed. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, that's the barbecue. You know, I had, I had a a barbecue. Uh, a, Charcoal company out of California shipped me two pallets of charcoal. Uh, I had Kingsford send stuff here because they knew I was into the barbecue world, and you know they they would send stuff. Uh, a lot of people donated. It, it was a you know that really started us uh, seeing the how the community, the barbecue community really is, and Kansas City Barbecue Society how they step up and help. And, and now you see the Operation Barbecue uh, that do what we did during Katrina. They're doing all over the country now. Yeah, they are. I just had a bit of a chat with them. Um, actually, w- while I was at Houston, I got to meet uh, uh, Stan and Will and Mark and all them. And uh, that they've got some fascinating stories to tell as well. Exactly. Yeah, I love how um, how, how barbecue lends itself so well to uh, to helping others now. Your competition is a KCBS comp, and uh, KCBS isn't overly active in Australia yet. I think there's only two or three comps a year. So many of my listeners won't know how a KCBS comp works. Can you give us a bit of a rundown on what a KCBS comp is like? Sure. Kansas City Barbecue Society, uh, what they do, they come in, uh, and, and like, like I said, I have I, – my dog wants to get inside. I have – uh, 60 teams that come in and all we do is the four meats. You, you have to cook the four meats to to get the, the KCBS points. Chicken, ribs, pork ribs, pork butt, and brisket. So you have two pork products and the, and the beef. And when they come in, I once I get everything settled, I turn it over to KCBS and they run it. We have reps. I have over 50 teams, so I have three KCBS reps that help run uh, my event. I have close to 60 backyard teams, so I also have a KCBS rep to run my backyard because we use their scoring. Their scoring is wonderful because it counts it down to the 10,000s. So you very seldom have a tie unless you're perfect. You, You get the 180. And, uh, but the, what I like about KCBS is the way they run it. It's all computerized. Uh, there's no way that anything can be on, you know, everything's above board. Um, so that, that's the great thing about that. And a lot of times at KCBS events, you'll have ancillaries, which, you know, you may have a sausage cook off or, or, you know, a steak cook off or something like that. But all KCBS is worried about is the, are those four meats, the chicken, ribs, pork, and brisket. And that's what we, we do. We're strictly that. We don't do anything extra um, because, we, you know, we come in for that. That's it. Okay. So you don't add like, a, and like any additional just for fun categories? No, we don't because like a, they like going – you know, one of my teams told me about 10 years ago – it's so great to come into a place and you got eight bars you could walk to, uh, and then you can stumble <laughs> back to your motorhome or your trailer. So they, they come here to have fun. You know, they come here to compete, but they also come to have fun. Uh, they would rather go to one of the local restaurants than stay and cook, you know, a steak or, or, or I used to, the first three or four years I did a seafood ancillary uh 
and anything but seafood because we have two local um, seafood pur- purveyors, little shops, uh, little French markets. And but I would it, it, the amount of people competing would slowly dwindle to where it was like four or five because they wanted to go out, they wanted to do things. Well, we started doing something different on Thursday night. We have what we call a pint and pairing where we cook the four meats, the chicken ribs, pork, and brisket, but we, the chef buddy that's on the board cooks them differently. Um, you know, like we had brisket gnocchi one year. We have Asian-style ribs, but we paired that with a beer. And we found that the women like that um, better. They come in just for that now. They'll, they'll... I have teams that come in early on Thursday so they can go to the Pints and Perry. And we'll sell out that. That's 100% profit to the charities. Uh, we'll sell out 60 seats, you know, within – once we open it up, it's gone within, you know, four or five hours. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Yeah. So as as well as that, um, that KCBS comp, you mentioned that you've got your – Backyard Boogie and the Chicken Little contests as well that sort of run at the festival at the same time. Can you tell me a little bit more about uh, about each of them? Our Backyard Boogie is our local teams competing. We have a, we have basically two sides of that. We have a corporate side, which are $1,000 sponsors and above. Um, and it, it's called the Walmart Backyard Boogie because they're a $10,000 sponsor to the event. So, uh, they get a naming right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have the uh, the regular, the, the local backyard boogie. Uh, but what we also added on that, we have something called tip to taste. We have a competition within the competition. You're, they're competing with sauce, chicken, and ribs. But we have a tip to taste. They're competing on who can raise the most money. Uh, they, they don't have to cook barbecue. They can cook bacon-wrapped shrimp. Uh, they can do uh, jambalaya. They can do uh, crawfish etouffee. But whoever raises the most money gets a trophy. Uh, we, we, go, we pay the top five in that. This year, uh, the, just tip the taste alone raised $9,300. Um, that is something they, the locals get into even more than um, – we don't bother the pros of that, but the locals do. So that's the the backyard. Uh, now the Chicken Little, we've been doing for 15 years. We're very proud of that. That's the six to 16 year olds, and usually they're they're around eight to 12 that they compete. And they uh, we have the firemen. The, the 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 city fire department comes out. They do a fire safety, and they they can't light their pits until the firemen light the pits for them. Uh, so they compete just like the pros, you know, they, they have their meat inspected. Uh, they can't, they can't season their meat until it's inspected. They cook it. And then we have a police escort that escorts the teams to turn in, uh, through the crowd uh, of the backyard, uh, where we do all the judges. They get judges like everybody else and, and they're escorted to the judging tent and they get in the, we have deck site decorations for them too. And, uh, that's one of my, one of the favorite things to watch is those kids march with their box of chicken to get judged. That is so cool. Having the fireys come and light the fires for them and then have a police escort to the judging tent. That is so cool. Right. It's, 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 it's great. And, you know, you get a little fire safety too, because you know, you play with fire. So, uh, they love it. The, the firemen love it. The kids love it. And you get a lot of grandparents out there watching those kids do the cooking too. I even have, I even have some KCBS teams that come in with their kids. And like I had two this year that they brought a pit over there and set it up for them. So they're competing on the KCBS side of the railroad tracks. And, but they're also making sure their kids or, or, or their grandparents are right there doing the, um, with the chicken little yeah i was just thinking how how cool it would be to be able to bring my son to that as well and then i could do that comp and he could do that and uh but then i just realized that my son would dump me and just be on the fire truck just going and playing with the fire truck 
<laughs> One year we had the Oscar Mayer weenie truck come, and a lot of kids, you know, that big hot dog truck that you see on TV commercials, um, and most of the kids left their cooks, their cook sites to go play in the hot dog weenie truck. Yeah, I'll bet they did. <laughs> so what's, um, what's coming up in the future for Hammond Barbecue? Well, you know, we're going we're gonna to keep doing like we're doing. Um, when, you, when I made it to 10 years, I was the last of the original uh, people that started it. I had a buddy that he still helps. He still handles the judges, but he's not on the board anymore. And I was the last. After 10 years, I was, I was getting tired of it. It wasn't fun anymore. It was more like work. But then, I, uh, you know, two guys came on board that were passionate about it. Then, you know, a, a couple of women came on board that were passionate about it. Now we're back up full strength um, uh, of our board, and it's fun again. So we're going to keep going like we're doing. You know, we, we have uh, two local high schools that have culinary uh, programs in their school, and we have one of our board members that he handles our vending for the event uh, that we sell barbecue. So we have these two high schools that have joined in in the last three years. I think this was the fourth year they were doing it, and they get 20% of the proceeds that we get from that, from, from the vending. So that's two, that was two of the, of the charities we added. So the kids are having fun. They're getting into that. Uh, the board's fun. It, so we're going to keep going like we're doing. You know, after 15 years, you know, my, my whole thing was with it, stops being fun, I'm going to stop doing it. It's, it's still fun. So that's, that's what we're going to keep doing. We're going to keep having fun. This is William with Operation Barbecue Relief, and you're listening to Smoking Hot Confessions. Whether you're an occasional backyard smoker, an avid barbecue competitor chasing a place on the national ladder, or a restaurateur looking for a full commercial installation, Hog Pit Smokers' personalized service and hand-built quality won't disappoint. Hog Pit Smokers was founded in 2015, and with over 30 years' experience in the boilermaking industry, Jamie is a wizard with a welder and works from his own original designs. As a result, all hog pit smokers are 100% Australian made, and with the quality of workmanship and the highest attention to detail, your hog pit smoker will be made to last a lifetime. Custom work is no problem for Jamie, as he loves finding inventive solutions to unique situations. To find out more, check out Jamie's website. It's hogpitsmokers.com.au. That's hogpitsmokers.com.au. Alrighty, Eric, we're now in segment two, and in this segment, we're going to get into uh, Louisiana and barbecue and Louisiana and barbecue comps. So the first question that I'd like to ask you is, how is barbecue linked to the culture of Louisiana? Well, my understanding, uh, the, the, the culture of the barbecue that you, what we see now is not what Louisiana was. You know, it was the, the couchon delay, the pig roast, the uh, the Cajuns and the, the, the wild boars and the, the, even the farm raised, they would uh, dig a pit. You know, the, the Cajun, they call them Cajun microwaves now. But it, it was the whole hog, basically. Uh, the, the separating of everything came in later. And, th- and now that competition has gotten so big in Louisiana, you, you, you still have the Couchard delays and the... the uh, the, the whole hog and, and, and that kind of stuff, but it's getting more rare because of the way the butchers and everything break things down. Uh, but you still have the, the, the cages that do those, those cage microwaves, you know, the above ground pits. Um, basically you see that in Texas, they, they do the whole half steer on the spit and they turn it in Louisiana. It's the whole hog that's, that slowly turns around open fire or, or the, the cinder block uh, shoveling uh, coals into the, the fire. Um, but that, that's, that's rare now because it's, it's, a, it's you know, a 24-hour job. Now, you, now I put a whole hog on, a, on my old hickory and let, let it go, and I can go get some sleep. Um, so I guess we've gotten kind of lazy as, as we've gotten more technology. 
Yeah, that can uh, that can definitely happen. Now, the Kushan delay, I'm I'm not too sure what that is. Was that the 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 spit or the cinder block? No, that's the Kushan delay is just a pig roast. That's a Cajun, it's French, uh, Cajun pig roast uh, in the ground, you know, whole hog. Um, that's when you have a party. You know, so let's go to the Kushan delay. Um, yeah, I'm not. Uh, I don't know my French as well as I should, but uh, that's what is, you know, I grew up doing Kushan delays. Um, kind of like Lanyap, you know, a little extra. Um, that's what the Kushan delay is. Okay, so you you dig like a big pit in the ground, and then what? Put in some right. rebar or something. Put the put the pig in and coal at one end, and then sort of cover it with what leaves or something or. No, they just cover it. Uh, what they, well, basically what they do, they, they take some tin and make sides, and they'll hang it and let it turn slowly. And, and the fire will hit that tin and, you know, and, and bounce back. So it's getting heat from the front and the back from, from the tin. Or if they do it in the ground, they'll put the tin on top of it. So make it into you know, the, the Cajun microwave. Um, the, the tin radiates all the heat and concentrates it. And then they'll build the fire on top of the tin. And that's, you'll see, though, you've seen those uh, boxes the, the, that they use to do whole hogs in. They'll put the coals on top of the box. And that's basically what the Kushar delay and, and the tin was all about. That's the fire on top and it radiates down. Ah, okay, I understand. Right, yeah, we've um, they're they're starting to get a bit popular over here. The uh, the brand is uh, Kayashina. Yes, exactly, exactly. That came. That's more Caribbean. I think the guy who who started that's from Cuba. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool stuff. So I guess then, um, from from what you've just said, if. If Texas has beef and Arkansas has chicken, I guess would it be fair to say that pork is the protein of Louisiana? Yes, that's the the, the big thing is the pork, um, whether it be pork ribs, ham, the, uh, the butt, the the whole shoulder, or even the whole hog. Um, and I, and actually, there's a there's an epidemic here now in Texas and Arkansas. Uh, with the the wild wild boars that are tearing up the, the the land that now they're starting you know anything that that can be cooked the Louisiana Cajuns will will cook it and that's becoming a big uh, a big thing now is getting these wild boars and and doing the the pig roast. Yeah, I grew up on a farm and we had wild boars on there as well and yeah they've they've just got to go once they're in they've they. Yeah. They'll never leave unless you actually, uh, you know, are proactive about taking them out. But unfortunately, my parents would never let us eat them. <laughs> well, I tell you what, they—they, they, I mean, uh, who would have thought you how to eat oysters? Who would have opened up that oyster shell and and said, "Oh my lord, I, I'm not eating that." But man, they are good. Yeah. Well, my mum used to tell me that if I ate wild boar, I'd get worms. Oh uh, yeah. Well, you got to cook it right. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your what's your favorite way to go about cooking pork? Uh, I like the low and slow method of cooking. Uh, season it up. I don't inject. Um, I think the the, the meats, uh, if all the meats have their own you know way they're supposed to taste. So uh, I will do the pork low and slow. I like the ribs. Uh, now. I don't know if you have in Australia what we call country-style ribs, which is basically a pork butt that they slice into ribs. Um, so basically it's big hunks of meat that I will, before I really got into low and slow and smoking and that kind of stuff, I would put those country-style ribs in the oven for about 30 or 40 minutes and then grill them and, uh, you know, I'd, I'd put them in the oven with mint and sage and that kind of stuff, and then put them on the grill. I still like that with some good barbecue sauce on that, uh, with that, with the charcoal grill marks and the, and the barbecue sauce that caramelized on it. 
I still like that, but I also like my my slow low and slow smoked. It's funny that you mentioned the um, the country ribs in the oven. My mother in law uh, first got me into barbecue, and that was exactly what she what she cooked. She uh, got some pork country ribs and uh, did them up with a homemade barbecue sauce uh, in the oven. And um, she she even cheated and put a few drops of uh, liquid smoke in there so it'd taste smoked. Well, I wasn't smart enough to do the liquid smoke. Uh, we we just did the meat part. Um, but I mean, that's it's just like any barbecue. It's, it's, the way you like to eat it should be the way you cook it. Uh, you, in, it's like wine. Uh, I don't care what it costs. If it tastes good, it, it tastes good. It, it doesn't matter to me. Um, so that's just like my, you know, the, my pork and my brisket and ribs and and chicken. I like it the way I cook it, and hopefully the judges like the way I cook it. But yeah, I'm always I'm always middle of the pack when I go in competition. So me too, mate. Me too. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just it's it's just being there. That's all. Uh, that's all important. Right. So you mentioned um, the the Cajun people and the Cajun food before. Um, as an Australian, we don't really have a lot of uh, connection to Cajun food. Can you give us a bit of a rundown on on what Cajun food is? Well, to me, Cajun food is not necessarily uh, so spicy or hot. You, it burns when you eat it. It's, it's the flavor. Um, there's there's Cajun and there's Creole. Creole is more from the the, the Caribbean, um, more tomato based. The, like the the uh, etouffee and and uh, and the jambalaya and things like that. The Cajun to me is more of the of the down home cook. The um, you know my grandfather uh, my great grandfather came from Sicily, so Italian, and but my grand my grandfather was a big hunter, and he did the Cajun you know he would do the Cajun uh, venison or or even turtle soup and uh, the different things. It, to me, down here, Cajun is spicy, but not too spicy, but home cooking, basically. That, to me, that's what that is. Uh, you, you see all these restaurants, uh, you know, Emerald Gossies and, and K-Paul's and all these restaurants that, that do the Cajun food. But if you really look at it, it's simple, easy and lots of different things from the, you know, the Trinity, which is the onions, bell pepper, and celery, uh, and just about everything you cook. Uh, when you do the Creole, you add tomatoes into that. The Holy Trinity is the, the, the onions, pepper, and celery. And in, in Creole, you add the tomatoes to the Trinity. And that's to me, is, is Cajun or, or, or Creole. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, I've I got a real thing for gumbo. I I just it, everywhere I go, if there's gumbo on the menu, I got to try it. I just love it. Well, me too. I, I, no matter where I go, from you know New York to Key West to wherever, um, that that'll tell me if somebody says they're a Cajun restaurant, I'll do the gumbo. And if it's good, I'll order something else. <laughs> but if not, I'll order a salad. So it's a it's so. a gumbo litmus test. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what influence does, does the Cajun food and the Creole food have on barbecue? Well, I think the, the spices and, the, and, the, and like I have a buddy of mine, my cooking partner, uh, he's a chef, and he wants to try different chefy things with the barbecue. Um, so I, got, you know, I have to tell him, you, you can't, you know, barbecue is barbecue. You can't mess with that. Um, I try to stay away from spices, even though I do like a little heat at the end. I'll take some. Uh, I, I got this from a barbecuer. I took cayenne pepper and I would grind it up in a mill, really fine, and, and just kind of dust. So you get that, that the the barbecue flavor and the taste, but something on the back end gives you that little kick. And I think that to me is, is about all the influence I want to do with barbecue on, on the, the Cajun thing. You got to put a, got to put a little spice in everything. That's the Louisiana way. So you're ramping up that, uh, that heat with the sweet a little bit more. Right. Exactly. Perfect. Perfect. 
And what sort of fuels do you like to use in Louisiana? I like pecan wood. Pecan's, pecan is very big down here. And it's a sweet wood. It's a mild, you know, if I get a little hickory, I like doing my, my pork butt and my brisket with a little hickory maybe. But uh, my chicken and my ribs, I'll use pecan. And, you know, because pecan pies and, and pecan crusted cakes are big down here. Even pecan crusted fish at restaurants are big here. And I actually have a buddy that has a pecan orchard that every now and then he'll cut trees down. He'll call me and I'll go get it and I'll set it in my building for a year uh, and then split them up after that, after they cured a little bit. But, you know, I like the pecan wood. Yeah, I, I tried some uh, pecan crusted fish in New Orleans. It was damn good. Yeah, exactly. I'll tell you, pecan's big down in the south. It's big over here too. There's a um, there's a really popular pork provider up here in in Queensland who exclusively feeds his pigs uh, pecan, and that's some of the best pork right. that just wins and wins and wins at the competitions. Well, they also do if you find somebody that shells them. Like I have a buddy that that makes pralines and and things with pecans, but he'll say be the shells. When I do a competition. When I right at the very end, when I'm doing my finishing of the chicken, I'll throw some pecan shells in there and let them smoke up a little bit more. So the pecan shells will add a little bit more flavor to it. That's a little secret that I'm giving you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. So the use pecan logs for the heat and then pecan shells for the smoke. Right. I'm going to have to give that a go. I love the sound of that. So what would you say then distinguishes Louisiana barbecue from, say, Texas barbecue? I, I think the, the sweetness, uh, the sweetness with the little heat on the back end. You know, Texas, you like the pepper, uh, you know, the brisket. When I, when I think of Texas barbecue, I think of brisket. So you have the, the salt and the pepper and the garlic and, and the heavy brisket meat. Um, to me, the pork is a little more, it's, it's, it's a hearty meat, but it's also, uh, uh, has to be a sweet meat to me. Um, so I think the sweetness is, is one thing and the, the little more of the heat on the back end. I think that the thing is in both Texas and Arkansas. Mm, yeah, for sure. The Texans certainly do like their, uh, their beef with uh, a hell of a lot of salt and pepper on it. I've, as I discovered when I was over there. We had to really ramp it up. Exactly. So just looping back to competitions there for a uh, for a little minute, what would you say sets a Louisianan competition apart from other competitions? What I think, well, I, I know I, I can only speak for mine. I can tell you this, is the food besides the barbecue. Um, we have a restaurant that, that feeds our teens, you know, fried catfish and fried shrimp and a, a shrimp eggplant casserole um i think it's like you come to cook barbecue but you don't you don't want to eat it because you're around barbecue Uh, i do a couple competitions a year with my cooking partner and the last thing i want to eat after three days of fooling with it is is barbecue so i think the the restaurants in our downtown area um that's the main draw for us, I think. And, and that, and like, that's why I think we have a waiting list of people wanting to come to our competition. That's interesting. So it's, it's the structure that you build around the competition as much as it is the competition itself. Exactly. Yeah. Fascinating. All right. So what would be your, your top three tips for people wanting to get into doing some, uh, some Cajun barbecue cooking? Uh, the first tip is find a cooker that you're comfortable with, whether it be a green egg or an offset or uh, a rotisserie or, or even a pellet cooker. Um, find one you're comfortable with. The second would be practice. Timing is everything. Um, I wouldn't worry so much on the taste. I would get the tenderness down first. Then once you get that, so you have your cooker, your timing and tenderness, and then do your taste. You, you play with your taste, um, and that takes 
a lot of time because once you taste something a couple times, everything starts to taste the same. Um, we we do a we do a rub. We start making up rub. We will uh, taste it a couple times and then stop and and do something else and then come back because you get so used to that same thing. So I would say your pit timing and then you you work on your taste. You're listening to the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. It's sacrilegious. Make no mistake, beef is king. Ask any competitor on the circuit and the trophy they want most of all is the brisket. And you won't find better brisket than Black Angus Reserve. Black Angus Reserve is the leading brisket brand in Australia and it's easy to see why. It's verified Black Angus, which has been grain-fed for a minimum of 150 days with a deliciously high marbling content. These briskets are so good that Black Angus Reserve are willing to put their money where their mouth is. They sponsor multiple grand champion winning team Manning Valley Natural Smokers who've won many trophies using their briskets. Not just that, but Manning Valley took these briskets to the world's barbecue championships in Houston and took out second place in the world. To get yours, hit up their Black Angus Reserve page on Facebook now. Alrighty, Eric, we're now into segment three, which is the lightning round. I'm going to throw 10 quick questions at you and you're going to throw 10 quick answers right back at me. Are you ready to go? I'm ready. All right. Number one, brisket, fat side up or down? Uh, I'll start with fat side up, then turn it after two hours. Oh, interesting. I've never heard that before. Why do you do it that way? Well, uh, I start with fat side up to get a good char on the, on the, what I call the top. And then, uh, I turn it over. Uh, people think that the fat keeps it moist. Um, I've taken a few cooking classes and uh, it just works out better because you want a, like a, a crispy top, not crispy, but, uh, with bark, or they call the, you know, the, you know what bark is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they want the bark on the top and then the fat on the bottom. Oh, and okay. you get a good smoke that way. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. I can see that. Interesting. All right, number two, chicken, breasts, wings, or thighs? Thighs, because they're moist. <laughs> Three, pork ribs, St. Louis, baby back, or spare? Uh, St. Louis style. Sauce, on the meat or on the side? Uh, the side. Number five, temperature, low and slow or hot and fast? Low and slow. Number six, what's something that you find tricky to cook? Wow, that's a hard question. I don't don't find anything difficult to cook. I enjoy cooking. (laughs) So you enjoy the challenge of it? I enjoy the challenge of it And, and, you know, we love it here. So whatever we cook, um, it's fine. The only thing, I guess, the, the most difficult but most fun to cook, I think, is brisket. Definitely. What's one tip or trick you wish you'd known sooner? Uh, flavor. Uh, things to do, little back-end things. You know, like I said about the the um, the the cayenne pepper ground very to a powder like so you get a, a layer of flavors uh you know you have your sweet your and then you get that little bit of heat at the end so layering of flavors i, I wish i'd known but, uh, a lot sooner number eight the future what do you think is going to be the next trend in barbecue i hope the trend goes back the way it used to be you know not so you know, I, I think the problem with the barbecue, it turned into like the poker world for a while. It's it's in your face kind of thing. I, I'd like it to go back to the old everybody loves everybody and, and has a great time and beer drinking and you know high fiving and that kind of stuff. Mm, you can't make a good reality TV show without all that drama though. I know. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> okay, pellet grills in competitions, yay or nay? Yay, why not? As long as it's legal, you know, do it. 
And if there were a fantasy barbecue league, who would you choose for your team? I have two. I've thought about that question a few times. One would be Mr. Johnny Triggs, Smoking Triggers. He's old school. Uh, he's, he's actually one that helped me start the first one. He, he was friends with my mom and dad. And then the new guy, the new school would be Darren Worth, Iowa Smokey D's, who are winning everything uh, from the Houston Rodeo to uh, Jack, Jack Daniels to, you know, the hell, I mean, heck, they've won Hammond twice in a row. So they're winning everything. But, yeah, the old school, the new school. That's a good mix, man. I love that. So, Eric, you've been very generous with your time today, and it's it's been much appreciated. So I'm going to hand the confessional over to you now. Uh, give whatever shout-outs you'd like and tell all the listeners where they can track you down. I'd love to. Uh, you go to the website, Hammond, H-A-M-M-O-N-D, BBQ.com, and you'll see, um, see, how, see what we do and what we're all about. Also, if you want to contact me, uh, just contact me. Email me at cityglass, at C-I-T-Y-G-L-A-S-S, 632 at bellsouth.net. And, um, you know, we're 40 minutes from New Orleans. We're north of New Orleans. Y'all fly to New Orleans. Uh, the competition is always the fourth weekend in March. Uh, you can even fly into Chicago and take a train, ride the train down to Hammond because the train stops in Hammond. So y'all come visit next year, 2019, our 16th year. And you said that the, that the uh, competition's actually like along the train line, didn't you? So you could actually catch the train yeah, right into the, the competition. The, the KCBS side is on uh, one side of the tracks, and the locals and the kids and all the vending and everything is on the other side of the track. So the Canadian Railroad Company, uh, I never knew the train traveled through our town so much until we were downtown. Uh, and it literally goes right through the middle of our competition. <laughs> great, great. I love it. So fly into Chicago and catch the train directly into the middle of the comp. That's fantastic. Exactly. Make a, make a big, long trip, get a sleeper car, and head down to Hammond. Very cool, man. Very cool. Look, thank you so much for sharing your time with me today. I'm, I'm planning on heading back to the States again soon. And uh, I can't believe that we uh, didn't meet in person at Houston, but we, uh, we met through our mutual contacts. And uh, I'm, I'm sure I'll get to meet you in person soon. Well, uh, we'd love to have you here uh, anytime. We're, we're um, very accommodating here. It's, you know, us Louisiana people are, love to have guests. I can tell you that. Well, family, thanks for stopping by. I'm sure you learned as much here as I did. Make sure you subscribe, rate and review. And until next time, take care of each other and keep on queuing. Thanks for listening to the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. Head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com for recipes, tips and Ben's own confessions.